Welcome to Sastery in the Making, the podcast that features the people who made the software world what it is today and the leaders who are shaping the future of technology. Here's your host, Matt Wallach. Okay, welcome. I have some questions for you. Are you wondering how you can develop a successful mindset? Or what are some practical techniques to be able to get the right mindset for what you're doing? Or maybe you're looking for ways to practice these techniques to achieve a really positive mindset. That's right. We are talking all things mindset today. This is Sastry in the Making. I am your host, Matt Wallach, and I am delighted to be joined by my special guest and friend, Janice Mashala. Janice, how you doing? I'm great today. I'm so glad to have you here. It's so great seeing you. I want to tell everybody about Janice. She is awesome. And people who know her really trust her, really believe in her for her guidance and her advice. She is the managing partner and executive coach at Paladin Partners. She's helped founders learn how to sell equity, sell to initial customers, sell partnerships, as well as scaling key parts of their growth engines and teams. What she does, she serves as an executive coach to founding teams and corporate executives at the senior leadership level to help leaders scale themselves. And formerly, she was the CEO of a development tools company where she orchestrated a huge turnaround. And really, she's been part of the tech scene for a while. She's been a corporate tech executive as an entrepreneur in areas such as product management, market development, technology evangelism. She's worked at places like Wang Laboratories, Sun Microsystems, Microsoft. Maybe you've heard of those companies. And she sits on several boards of directors. So it is my pleasure to have her here to share her expertise with us. So once again, Janice, thanks so much for coming on the show. My pleasure. I'm really passionate about this topic, and I love the work you're doing, Matt. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. So we're talking mindset, which you are really helpful with in terms of getting people to that right positive mindset. You have this successful business consulting organization. Why become an executive coach? One of the things that I've realized as I looked at companies that succeeded and failed over the period of 20 plus years of me working in the business of scaling businesses was that we can't escape from ourselves. And what happens is I realized in looking at the companies that failed and succeeded is the people weren't scaling. It wasn't that the companies couldn't scale. I could provide the best business coaching in the world. I could give them the path to success, potentially. But if they didn't have the right mindset, if they didn't have the tools to be that leader that they're destined to be, then it didn't matter. So there's a fundamental element here. And so it led me down the path of how do I work with the people side of this? And as I dug into it more and more, There's a lot to this. And a lot of it comes from how they view the world, how they grow up, how they lead, all of those people-related skills. And once I dug in, I couldn't let go. That is so awesome. I love it. And I know you do such a good job with that. I want to ask you, you talk about mindset requiring mental fitness. Can you elaborate on that a bit? Sure. What do you do in the morning when you get up? Uh, Myself? Yeah. Try to... uh, get myself going with, you know, I brush my teeth. Mm -hmm. I eat a bowl of cereal usually. I'm a big cereal guy. Check my email, Mm -hmm. all that. Shower, of course. So you have a routine, right? You brush your teeth, you take a shower, you have breakfast. What do you do for your brain? (laughs) 
I don't know if I have a good answer on that one. Well, that's the thing. None of us do, right? Some people meditate, some people journal, but we pay less attention to what we do for our brain on a daily basis than we do for how we dress or how our teeth look. And yet our brain is like the most important organ in our body. Um, And if we don't take care of our mental fitness, it is the thing that impacts the success of our marriage. It's the thing that impacts the success of our company, the success of our relationships with our co-founders. And so when I talk about mental fitness, we have the ability to actually change our brains. And people don't realize they have that capacity, but it takes work, just like muscles take work to work in a gym. And that's what this is about. So is that all kind of this positive psychology stuff? Well, yes and no. Positive psychology is one element of what this is, but there's so much more because we have these deeply held patterns in us. We have voices in our heads. This is going to sound a little funky right now. (laughs) Have you ever thought to yourself, oh, Matt, you really blew that. That was really a bad sales call. Or have you ever really thought that that was not the right thing to do, Matt? Have you ever had those conversations with yourself? Of course. Yeah. All the time. Well, we call that the judge. And that's where Mm. we're judging ourselves, right? Or have you thought there's a customer across the table and you're thinking, that guy's a real bozo. (laughs) Or, wow, that guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Have you ever had those conversations in your head as you're sitting in a meeting? Yeah, for sure. Okay. That's judging others. So the judge is what we call a saboteur. That's a persona that is really detrimental to us. Turns out we have nine accomplice saboteurs. And this work comes from a gentleman by the name of Shirzad Shemaine in a body of work called Positive Intelligence. And Positive intelligence incorporates positive psychology, but it's much more neuroscience-based and it has a lot more to it in all that it encompasses. And it actually has to do with re-patterning our brain into new habits and new behaviors. Wow. That's pretty amazing. You know, what about all the technologists and scientists out there thinking that this is just kind of a bunch of woo-woo and And the rational mind is where it's at. Data is what matters and doesn't lie. So that is a lie that they're telling themselves. That's the hyper-rational saboteur. So those technologists probably have a set of saboteurs that tell them that that's the case. But if they look at their relationships, they probably are not having great relationships because they aren't connecting with people. And bottom line, as human beings, if we don't connect with people, we aren't getting the best out of ourselves and we're not getting the best out of others. And the data actually does lie. Believe it or not, there's a lot of analytics where you can look at it and say, this is what it says, but the human behavior really messes that up. Because at the end of the day, the data may say something, but the humans don't cooperate. And so that hyper-rational, that this is all woo-woo, it actually isn't. What you can find is that the saboteurs put us into a place which is called the limbic system, which is the brainstem. It's the most primitive part of our brain. 
Is that like the lizard brain stuff? Absolutely. Okay. Lizard brain. And it's where we have the fight or flight part. Mm-hmm. And it's where stress comes from. It's where anxiety comes from. It's where we automatically go. And it is so deeply held. It's, you know, it's that thing that the cavemen use to survive, right? And that's sure, where we sure. it. There's another part of our brain, which is the amygdala, which is the executive function part of our brain. And that's where innovation comes from. That's where knowledge comes from. That's where creativity comes from. And if you're living in that negative place of your brain or with those saboteurs that you have, you're stuck in the limbic system. And that means that you're not really leveraging the best parts of yourself. So guess what? There's an ability and a way of getting from that limbic system and that saboteur to what we call the sage part of yourself. And that's where salespeople need to live, right? Because Mm -hmm. they need to believe that the glass is half full. They need to believe that they can do the impossible, right? So there are techniques for how to go from your limbic system to your sage brain. And that is what mental fitness is all about. That's awesome. Because I think that's uh, some really important stuff. I often teach psychology. I mean, if you're in sales, you better understand psychology because that's really what it is, is understanding how the human brain works and how humans react to certain things in certain situations. I think it's a huge part of sales. So we go through that in my courses. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I'm interested in these techniques. Can you talk to me about some of these practical, doable techniques that really get us into a daily positive mindset? Is there anything you can share with us there? Sure. There's um, things like gratitude list. This sounds kind of silly, but there's all sorts of research around this. If you actually get up in the morning or before you go to bed, either one, and you really think about the things you're grateful for in your life, and the key is it's got to be something different every day. I mean, there might be some core things that you're grateful for, your family or your wife, or you know, there's some core things, but you're really grateful for certain things that maybe happened that day or what happened yesterday. If you live in gratitude, you put yourself into the executive function of the brain. Mm. So gratitude gives you serotonin and dopamine. It engages the right kinds of chemicals. Positive quotations in poetry. Having some quotation that is important to you. I have a quotation that says, don't chase rabbits, hunt the big game. Um, And what what that means is for my executive coaching clients, I don't want to get caught in the little parts of what's getting them down. I want to make sure that they understand what their why is. I want to make sure that they know what their life purpose is. I want them to know what the big Uber reasons that they're there for, because it's like, don't sweat the small stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But that rabbit and the big game metaphor for me pumps me into my executive function because it's like, oh yeah, okay. I'm not going to be stressed about these other things that they're dealing with. And I'm going to remind them of that. Visual aids help. Maybe there's a rock that means something. Maybe there's something that demonstrates something. If you look at that visual aid, it suddenly pops you out of that stressful place and gets you somewhere else. Getting out of your rut. Like how many people do the same thing and keep the same pattern? Just changing that rut. Like maybe I'm going to do a different breakfast every morning. 
I always do Cheerios. All of a sudden, now I'm going to switch to oatmeal. That little change in your rut can actually change your brain. I know that sounds silly, but it actually is true. I love this thinking positive mental fitness, but I've heard before negative thoughts and fear of failure. That could be motivating. Can that help with motivating as well? So fear is one of those things that keeps us in the primitive part of our brain. Mm. So my question to you is, how long do you want to keep your hand on a hot stove? (laughs) As little as possible. That's correct. So when you're feeling fear, when you have that, oh my God, I'm going to lose this deal. Let's think about the sales rep who just lost a deal, right? And where do they go? They go to, I'm not going to make my numbers. I'm going to end up in less than 100% of my quota. Mm. Oh my God, I'm going to lose my job. I mean, they follow that down the natural course of where that goes in terms of their mind. That doesn't sound very motivating, does it? Right? No, no. So that fear actually creates paralysis in most people. So there is a healthy level. So that's the, there's a saboteur for that. And it might be, it might be the judge. It might be the hyperachiever. They're used to 120% of quota. And all of a sudden the big deal that they thought was going to get them there isn't going to get them there. And so their hyperachiever is beating the heck out of them. Mm-hmm. And so how do they get from that place of fear They just have to recognize it for just a period of time. The hand on the hot stove for a second or three seconds or five, whatever it is, is enough to remind yourself, oh my God, here's where I'm at. And so there's a set of techniques in Shirzad's book and in the work that I do um, around this PQ work, um, we call it positive intelligence work. You acknowledge it. You do a little bit of mini meditation around it. And there's these things called PQ reps where... It might be rubbing your fingers together. It might be tapping your toes. Just a little bit, like literally two minutes, and you get out of that and into what we call the sage brain. And it's basically your saboteur turning into a positive force for you and not a negative force for you. And so you're getting off the hot stove, and you're actually much more like, what are the gifts that came from this loss of sale? So believe it or not, every adversity can be turned into an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And that's where sales leaders come from. The people who make their numbers actually are learners. It's like, why did I lose that deal? What did I do? They really learn from what happened. Maybe what I found out was I didn't pitch it properly, or I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to try this. They're constantly adjusting. They're constantly learning. And the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and over and over again, right? And yeah. that's what fear does is it puts you in the same place and just playing the same tape. Does that make sense? It really does. And I totally get what you're saying when applying it to what I do and what I help with on the sales methodology. Because if you're fearful and you start saying things like you said, like, I have to make this sale. I've got to make our numbers. We've got to make it happen. Then it actually comes across in your pitch. Your prospect perceives that and can sense that, can feel it, as opposed to the positive, which I teach, instead of trying to sell, try to help. And then when you're trying to help and you're starting to think of ways you can improve the other person, improve their business, help them get where they want to go, then they perceive that as well. And they sense that. 
and it's a complete shift. So I think that we're definitely in alignment there. So let me tell you about the positivity and negativity cycle or downward and upward spiral. There's some data that shows that if you are come from a place of helpfulness, of gratitude, of living in your sage, as we call it, that positive spiral brings people along with it. Do you know people that you just love being around because they feel like they lend you bravery or they lend you happiness or they lend you something, right? There's an aura about them that they just carry people along with, right? Just like, have you ever walked into a room and you could cut the feeling of that room with a knife? It Mm -hmm. just, you know, this meeting isn't going to go well because it just feels like, oh, this is bad. Yeah. And it's that negative spiral. There's some person in that room who's just going to just sink this meeting. And that person has this negative energy and it's going to take the rest of the people down with it. And that's true. The negative going down or the positive going up. And we have an ability to impact that. And that's what you're talking about. And I call it also the blood in the water phenomena. If you're a sales rep and you are needy and you come across as needing that sale, people smell that. They feel that. For sure. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's so obvious. And it's really, really a killer for the sales Mm -hmm. process. I see it all the time. Earlier, Janice, you asked me or you talked to me about these voices in my head. Mm -hmm. Of course, everybody's got voices. But how do I know which voices are serving me and hurting me? I've got a lot going on in there. That's right. Well, first of all, these voices came about from our childhood. They started. We were reinforced for some of these voices, right? If we're a hyperachiever or we're a pleaser or we're a hyper-rational, there were things that happened in our childhood that were either trauma-induced or family system-induced. So we have to understand that. And I don't don't want to go psychological on that, but just understanding that it might have been a coping mechanism for you as a child, mm-hmm. or you were this incredible sports person, or you were this incredible student, and you got all this incredible positive feedback about that. You want to do more of it because it felt good and you and you just kept doing more and more. So people become hyperachievers because it feels good and you're getting more and more feeling good about it. You can start listening and hearing what that voice is telling you and then you can really start hearing the different things those voices are telling you and you can realize, oh, that's my pleaser talking. Like, oh yeah, I am doing for everybody else and I'm not doing for myself. And mm-hmm. that that do anybody any good? No, because I get resentful. I get angry. I'm not being able to express that. Everybody else mm-hmm. is getting stuff from me. I don't get anything for myself. You see what I mean? If you yeah. start hearing how those voices come across, you start realizing who they are. The good news is, On the Positive Intelligence site, there's a little tab called Saboteur. It's free. You can go on that site and take the Saboteur assessment, and it'll come back and it'll tell you who are your saboteurs, how strongly held are those saboteurs, and it'll give you a profile of them. And it'll tell you what the cost of that saboteur is in your life and what the lies are it's telling you and what the impact is on others. And so that's a huge, just naming them starts helping you listen for them. Oh, I can believe it for sure. Uh, I want to ask you because you talked about how we can fix a lot of this and improve ourselves through Mm -hmm. daily practice of mental fitness. So Mm -hmm. I want to ask you, how long does that take? Like, what does it look like? What does your practice look like? Sure. 
So if you think meditation, right? So meditation has some fabulous effects because what it does, if you ever heard of monkey mind, people call it about monkey mind, right? Which is that mind that's just spinning out of control. Meditation is great. The challenge that you have with meditation is it doesn't carry you throughout the day. It's good for, you know, a period of time, but it doesn't continue. So what has been fantastic about the positive intelligence program is they're little mini meditations. They might be two minutes, they might be five minutes, but you can do them. The whole ability is 15 minutes a day, listening to a inquiry and then thinking about here, if you know that somebody's going to be a trigger, like looking at your day, and this is one of the things I do looking at my day and I say, okay, is there somebody in that meeting set of meetings or somebody I'm going to coach that kind of like my saboteur is going to be talking to their saboteur. Okay. How do I deal with that? Mm -hmm. Laying it out ahead of time so that you are prepared for that trigger gets you into sage and out of saboteur ahead. And by playing that ahead of time, you've now laid down a neural network that's new. And so a lot of this is learning the tools of how to recover from an incident faster, how to prepare for an incident so it doesn't happen. And literally, it's about 15 minutes over the course of my day. What I have found is one, I don't get triggered as often. When I am triggered, I recover faster. I don't ruminate the way I used to ruminate. Like I would beat myself up about something and it would be playing in my head for days afterwards. Doesn't go in my head anymore at all. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. That is amazing. Well, this has all been really, really cool stuff. I've learned a lot. I'm going to work on applying this myself. I hope everybody out there also does the same. Uh, Once again, we've been talking with Janice Mashala, who's an executive coach from Paladin Partners. Janice, where can people get in touch with you and learn more? Um, My website is www.paladinpartners.com, P-A-L-A-D-I-N partners.com. And my email is janicem at paladinpartners.com. So I'd be happy to walk anybody through what this looks like. Um, I'm happy to do a sample session for people and um, love to engage. That's awesome. Well, that's great, Janice. For everybody out there, I will put all that in the show notes if you're listening on the podcast. Janice, this has been terrific. Thanks so much for coming on. You're welcome. I think mindset is everything in sales. And um, hopefully, Matt, with you working with these people, they're going to crush it. (laughs) Thank you very much for the plug. I appreciate it. And I agree. Mindset is absolutely critical. So for everybody out there, make sure that you are taking a look at what Janice has to offer. And then also be sure to smash that subscribe button. Make sure that you are getting these episodes delivered to you weekly. We're always talking with leaders and and people who are showing you the path to success. So make sure that you are following the show and getting those episodes when they come out. Also, if you are looking to increase your sales and get off the ground and kind of get that early success in your early stages, be sure to contact me. You can reach me on LinkedIn or you can see it in the show notes. And I'll have a chat with you and see if there's a fit for us to work together. So thank you so much for coming and and listening to what we have here today. Again, this was Janice Mashala, and we will see you next time. Take care. Thank you for listening to Sastery in the Making. Join us next episode for another look into how today's visionaries are creating the next generation of innovation.